worth living to the point of like breakdowns constantly. What do you guys think? I went to the homeless house church back in the day um, and because I just had had enough, so I just went back. And like the second week I went back, um, Lex just called us into a new level of support and was just laying hands on us and praying for us. And uh, when he laid his hands on me, he seemed angry. And uh, one thing that's to encourage you guys is that when the Lord deals with you, he just no, it's just, Amen. So, like, yeah. I immediately was done. It was one of the most joyful, like, right, right after. Wonderful. Don't you love stories? Yes? Yeah. It's a dream of mine to capture all of those types of stories and not make a film because that sounds like too much work. <laughs> That's the millennial coming out in me. But uh, <laughs> but I would love to capture them all, and you know I think it I think it's a sweet thing for us to have. Yes. Did anybody feel a physical lift tonight? Whoa! Really? Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Oh, Nikki, I'm so happy for you. Morgan, I'm so happy. Anybody else? I was just looking this way. So anybody else? That's oh, awesome. Oh, praise the Lord. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for your nearness, that you promise that you'll draw near to us if we draw near to you. And we never take that for granted, Lord, that we never be just spoiled, rotten kids. And we always be excited to run to you. Thank you, King. Thank you, King, that when you said it is finished, it's finished. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Good to see everybody. This is great. This is beautiful. What a sweet presence, huh? Wow. This is part two of a message called At His Feet that we're going to see where it goes, okay? As, I'm a religious note taker to the point where it's almost a religion, <laughs> okay? Like maybe where it's almost a little bit unhealthy, but we won't talk about that. I want to encourage you to take notes, Okay. One, because it activates something else in your body so that you can comprehend and be more a little bit more attentive, yes? Not because I think what I have to say is beautiful, which I do, don't get me wrong, but because I believe, I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak another layer on top of what I could ever say, yes? I was taking notes today as... Pastor Reese was preaching, and I was like, he didn't even say that. Why am I writing that down? And it was just the Holy Spirit prompting me and challenging me with additional questions because Reese was hitting us with some questions this morning. I was like, dude, I don't want to think this much about myself. So, like, back off, you know, a little bit. But it, it, it was just an invitation 
I guess note-taking is an invitation for the Holy Spirit to use another level or another part of who we are by just activating our hand, activating our mind as we're comprehending what's going on. Yes? So that's enough of that. Tonight, we're, we're like I said, this is part two of this, at his feet. Um, I'm not going to call it a series. Message. I'm going to call it that because it's part two. It's not doesn't have a different title. And we're go, we're we're journeying what does for those of you who were here last week, what story did we talk about? This is why you take notes. This is why you take notes cuz pop quiz has come and you're just like, "Oh, hey." The the leper, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you guys did get a little spoiled last week. You got two sermons. Which are both posted, if you want to listen to them. They're both posted. I didn't ask Benji for permission. Don't care. Um, <laughs> both of them are posted on uh, the Alabaster podcast, so if you want to, go listen to them. Oh, yeah. I did do it on Wednesday night. <laughs> A very condensed version. And I talked very fast, because they only give me 20 minutes on yeah, this. Like, yeah. Yeah, those those messages are tough. I preach for an hour. Right. <laughs> you guys are like, seriously? Yeah, I do. Turn to Luke chapter 7. And when you're there, say... Say... Allie. Luke 7, when you're there, say Allie. It's dark. Uh, I'm going to crawl up here. I don't know how to get down. <laughs> Gosh, she pushed me so hard, I almost hurt myself. We should get a little bit more high speed and like put that on a switch. Or like an app. That would be game changing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. That'd be lit. Luke 7? Is everybody there? I didn't hear many alleys. Ali, Ali, oxen free. Verse 36. And I've, tar- I, I've actually preached this message already here. Uh, well, not this specific message, but this passage here at Alabaster. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Alabaster lady again, okay? Because of this phrase, at his feet, is in this. And I wanted to kind of look at it through a different lens than we did the last time we talked about it, okay? This place, this place that you're sitting in is called Alabaster. It's a beautiful name. Yes? You need to follow us on Instagram, okay? Follow us on Spotify, all of that stuff, so that you stay in the know on what's going on. Yes? So this, uh, like I said last week, this these three words have stood out to me as I've been reading through the Gospel of Luke, of how many moments in Scripture uh, it says, 
and then somebody ran and fell at his feet. And that's kind of the journey we're going on through this entire message, and we're going to continue that today. Because this woman ran, fell at Jesus' feet. And I want to kind of talk through it and see where this goes. Yes? Okay? I prepared this sermon a little bit differently than I usually do, so uh, yeah, that's why we're just going to read this all the way through, and then we'll go from there. Yes? Verse 36, it says, One of the Pharisees asked, You okay? Ashton just fell? Oh my gosh. One of the Pharisees asked him, who's him? Jesus. God, it's always the right answer. You guys took a gamble there. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of anoint uh, of ointment, sorry, Anointment is what I almost said. <laughs> so weird. Ointment and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair on her head and then kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. I want to pause there. So this is a beautiful picture. And like I said last week, these kinds of stories play before my eyes like a movie, okay? So what's taking place? First off, we need to understand how they used to eat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, they would chew their food still, all of the same stuff. But the way that they would sit at a table was a lot differently than how we do, okay? They kind of laid <laughs> almost at tables, propping themselves up with almost their elbow, meaning that their feet would actually kick back. Yeah, it sounds super, it's almost like, can I do it? Kind of like this, okay? This was the kind of posture. It wasn't this, you know, like, <laughs> no, it was, it was this, okay? Madison, <laughs> so, just for sake of example, that is how they would eat at a table. Very interesting, yes? Okay, so when it says that they were sitting around this table, or reclining around that table, that's what the scene looked like, okay? And I think, before we move on, we have to see the importance of Jesus was invited by a Pharisee to the Pharisee's home. Yes? The sinful woman was not on the invitation list. She just showed up. She just showed up. And why is that so important? Because when you hear that the king of kings is somewhere, you go. And you can't not. There's something addictive of, oh my gosh, he's there? I'm going to blow that party up. Yes? Has anybody heard of like a move of God and you were like, I have to go, right? It's just beautiful moments where it's just like, I have to go. There's something going on and I have to go. Just even if it's to examine and see like, whoa, what in the world is taking place, right? You should never go if it's a critical spirit though. 
Did you hear me? Oh, well, let me see how they do it. Don't. Don't ruin a move of God because of your critical spirit. Yes? Okay? That's what the Pharisee tried to do at his own meeting. Did you hear me? The Pharisee tried to do that at his own meeting. You'll see that as we continue reading through this passage. What I also need to highlight is although uh, this woman was not an invited guest, but she knew where to go and knew how to posture herself to stand out in front of all of the others that were surrounding that table. And it was a posture. Yes? What did she do? Anybody want to help me out? What did she do? Well, a lot of whispering. What? She was weeping, letting the tears where go where? On his feet. Then what did those tears do? Washed his feet with what? Her hair? And some of y'all are like, what? Especially the ladies in the room like, you know my hair washing regimen. You can't mess with that thing. Don't you touch that. Yes? <laughs> no, you guys, you guys. And then what? Weeping on Jesus' feet, wiping it with her hair, cleaning his feet that on the first round. And then what? Kissing his feet? What? That's radical, dude. That is radical. I love my wife. I will never kiss her feet. <laughs> I won't. I won't just any more than she would kiss mine, even though I have beautiful feet. <laughs> They're fine. Everybody's like, are they actually that weird? Stop. <laughs> and then what? The ointment, the anointment. <laughs> yeah. She run no here. She anointed it with the ointment. Yes. And it was this beautiful scene because these alabaster flasks, and I love that it, you know, it includes this alabaster. It was something very, very costly, carrying something even more costly. Yes? Do you know that's why we're named Alabaster? We are something costly carrying something even more costly if we if we overflow properly i'll use that language yes okay so good we set the scene it's pretty good we'll come back to it where where did i stop 39 so i need to read 39 ready now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, he said to himself, catch that. If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, who's the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Dude, I love that. Right? This almost alludes that he didn't even verbalize. Are you, are, did you see that? He said to himself. It alludes that he didn't even verbalize this out of his mouth, if I can journey to say. Yes? 
This is one of the moments Jesus performs a word of knowledge and reads the mail of homeboy across the table. Yes? yes. Okay. Oh, it's beautiful, right? You guys are like, I don't want my mail to be read. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Shoot, I keep on getting lost. 40? Good job. Where am I? Chapter 5? Where am I? Seven? Freaking page turned. Oh my gosh. 40? Dude, I am so lost. Just hold on. I got to count. Jesus answering. Here it is. And Jesus answering said to him, this is usually how it goes. I'm not this buttoned up, okay? Yes? And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. 41. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Beautiful. 43. Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom was canceled a larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. And then turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And she has wet my feet with her hair. Sorry, wet. And she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but, who ha- but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you today. Go in peace. It's a beautiful story, yes? Yes. One of my favorites. I want to highlight a couple things. Isn't it fascinating that the sinners always come out on top? Isn't that kind of weird? The religious guy, the Pharisee, the, you know, whatever we could call him, the pastor even, you know, hey, why not? Right? The religious leader gets blown up by Jesus and the sinner comes out on top. The sinner always will come out forgiven. Isn't that good news for us today? Oh, I love that news, right? Some of you guys might be thinking, well, I need to keep on sinning. No, 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 no. Don't twist my words. What we need to do is posture ourselves properly. That's what, to, that's what took place, right? She, she didn't come in sinning in front of Jesus and just saying, wow, here I come. Woo, woo, woo. I'm going to just sin all over the place, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. What she did was she postured herself at Jesus' feet, and he saw her faith, and it saved her. Yes, The religious leader, oh, what happened to him? He judged rightly, but his judgment was, uh, uh, frankly, judged upon him, yes? Isn't that scary? 
Have we become too churchy to actually get radical for Jesus so that we can posture ourselves properly? Have we gotten into too much of a system where we just like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen next in the service, and this is what's going to go from here, and this is what's going to happen here, and if I do this, that, and the other, then all of these things will align, and then he will save me. Guess what? Your faith is the only thing that will show him, hey, look at me. Did you hear me? Your faith is the only thing that puts a beacon on your head for him to see. Yes? Not your religiosity and what you think is right and your theology. You know, theology is good. But if your theology gets in the way of your faith, it's bad. Did you hear me? Have we become too churchy? <laughs> Have we? Have we? Because what if somebody walked in the room, walked through that door, didn't look like the rest of us? What would go through our minds? Whoa, what are they doing here? Oh gosh, where, where's my wallet? Maybe I need to keep tabs on that thing. Oh gosh, where's my, where's my stuff? I need to make sure that I'm keeping track of my thing. And we're all of a sudden turning into this pharisaical, if that's even a word. That sounds like a word. We're turning into this kind of pharisaical mindset, saying, wow, I can't believe that so-and-so let them in the room. Are you getting me? Are we too, too worried about letting people in the room other than actually posturing ourselves properly at the feet of the king? This was a sinning, sinning lady. She was a nasty lady. She was a prostitute. Yes? She ran a very, very ugly life. But Jesus, and the way she showed up, Jesus saw her faith. And I love what Jesus says, even just skipping over the parable. I love what Jesus says, I showed up and you did nothing for me. What's he saying? I showed up and you thought, it, in Jesus' language, you thought it was your honor that I was here. Instead, the woman who broke that alabaster said, wow, it's He's the one who's worthy of honor. Do you see the difference? Because sometimes it's just like, well, you guys are lucky <laughs> that I showed up tonight. Right? <laughs> Do you get it? Wow, you're so lucky that I showed up tonight. <laughs> what an egotistical way of thinking and an egotistical way of showing up in front and trying to posture ourselves in front of a king. How humble are we willing to be? Right? How humble are you willing to be when it comes to Jesus? When it comes to Jesus, are you willing to literally wet his feet with your tears dripping off of your eyeballs so that you can honor him properly? There's so many stories 
that we're going to go, we're going to continue to go through of people running and falling at his feet. Yes, even demon possessed people running, falling at his feet, understanding who he is. Did this Pharisee perhaps feel that he was too good to treat Jesus as equal? Because the sinful woman, woman, by contrast, lavished tears, perfume, and kisses his feet over and over and over again. And I love this story because a grateful prostitute, not the religious leader, walks away from that meeting forgiven. Right? As Bill Johnson likes to put it, and I love the, I wish I came up with this. So jealous that I didn't. He, he likes to put it that there was only two people who left that dinner table smelling the same way. Come on, dude. Like, you got to be kidding me. Don't you wish you said that? Be so cool. There was only two people who left that table smelling the same way. The, 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 uh, the sinner, sinner lady, and Jesus. Why? Because there was an, an ointment or a oil that was both poured out on both of them. Do you get it? This place, you need to smell like Jesus. And I know that that's weird sounding, but we have to. We have to, and it's beyond oil. It's beyond anything else. But by the way that our faith moves us into posturing ourselves before a king. If our faith moves us to posture ourselves before a king, I guarantee, as scripture calls us, we are to be the essence or the aroma of Christ. Do you get the picture? And that's beyond just me putting on the right Gucci perfume. Okay? It's beyond that. It's beyond putting on the proper whatever frankincense and myrrh that you want to try to pour over yourself to smell holy. Hey, doesn't work. The only thing that works is an out is an overflowing faith of saying, "Wow, he is worthy of me kissing, crying and kissing and rubbing ointment and kissing his feet so that I can lift up a fragrance to the king." You get it. Yes. No amount of acts of love or generosity can move Jesus' heart the way this woman's faith moved his heart. Sorry, you can't just show generosity into salvation. I don't care how big your tithe check is. Sorry, I don't. Congrats, but I don't care. I don't care how, how many times you go to the food bank to serve. It's great, but if it's not an overflow of faith, why are you doing it? If your tithe isn't an overflow of faith, why are you doing it? Right? 
He doesn't need empty money. We act like Jesus is poor. It's like, oh, hey, here's my 10%. My little impoverished Jesus. Here you go. What in the world? <laughs> and you're like, wow, I've never thought of that. Well, yeah, you have. Some of our actions show that, and it proves it. But Jesus is poor, so he needs my tithe. <laughs> Jesus can't serve his own people, so I need to go serve them. No, your faith needs to ooze out of you, and all of those things will then be a pronounced uh, uh, movement of faith and a posture because of how you feel about him. Not by just doing the right things. That's what the early 2000s church did, was how can we just serve the poor more so that we can show that we're Christian? <clears throat> no, it's how do I be moved by faith more so that I can show and be a fragrance to the world, right? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have to tell somebody I'm Christian. I should smell different. You still use deodorant, but I should smell. <laughs> I should smell different, right? I have to. The way I lead my life has to be different or else what? Oh, I'm just doing things. I'm just checking boxes. Oh, good. I came to church, so I'm holy today. What? No, I'm holy because I was moved by faith today. Yes? Ugh. Jesus only sees faith. Beautiful. Overflowing love is a natural response to forgiveness and the appropriate consequence of faith. I'll say that again, because it just went right over your guys' heads. Ready? Be attentive. Overflowing love is a natural response to forgiveness and the appropriate consequence of faith. It's good, huh? <laughs> One more time. That's all you get. Overflowing love is the natural response to forgiveness and the appropriate consequence of faith. What do I mean by that? By a faith, he will see my love affair that I have with him. Yes? Oh, it's just beautiful. Only those who realize the depth of their sin can appreciate the complete forgiveness God offers. Billy Graham once said, the closer you get to God, the more aware of your sin you become. The closer I get to God, the more aware of my sin I should become, right? You have a lust issue. The closer you get to the Lord, the more prominent you'll see it. You're like, oh man, I, I'm jacked, right? The lack of trust, the closer I get to the Lord, the more I see, wow, I need to trust him more. You get it? Plug in whatever crap you're dealing with, okay? Yes, does this make sense? You guys ever truly stopped and appreciated the vastness of God's mercy? You ever slowed down? And said, whoa, <laughs> that's a deep, 
wide, long, high, what other things I could come up with for his mercy. If we slow down, I think we'll have a better understanding for his forgiveness. You see how selfless Jesus is in this story? He could have easily said, wow, I, w- I deserved that. Right? He could have easily done that. I deserved what she just gave me. Right? He has every reason to say, I deserve that. What just take- took place at my feet? I deserve that. He has every right. But what did he say? Hey, go and you're, 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 you're forgiven. Right? He takes the attention off of, himself, off of himself yet again and says, no, you're forgiven. Was it to prove a point to the religious leaders? No, it wasn't. It did, but that wasn't the heart of it. The heart of it was, wow, that's my daughter. Right? He's not just trying to prove points. He's not just some guy up there just saying, all right, I'm going to show them. Bam. You guys have a, some, some of you guys have a weird image of who the Lord is. He's not just angry waiting to throw judgment down on you. He's not. He's actually, it's a better picture is he has an outstretched arm saying, I want to forgive you, daughter. I want to forgive you, son. I don't want you to stay the same. Right? I wish I got to see a full picture of the rest of this woman's life. Because I guarantee it was very, very different. I guarantee it. Why? Because I got to see a full picture of the Samaritan lady at the well. Her life changed forever. Why? Well, she encountered Jesus, the pure Jesus, the authentic Jesus. Not just some drummed up emotion at church. It was a pure Jesus. Do you get it? We, we need to be a little bit more hungry for the pure and just Jesus. Not anything else. Not anything else. Who cares about everything else? Right? I don't care if, you know, if Morgan and Christian pick the wrong songs tonight. I'm still going to lead myself in worship. It's my job to lead myself in worship. Christian can't lead me into worship as good as I can lead myself into worship. And that's not just because I sing and play guitar. (laughs) I'm just better at leading myself into worship than he's leading me, right? And you should be the same because you know how to worship the king. This was this lady's worship. Yeah, it might be a little bit radical for you today, but what's that going to look like in a year? You'll be like, oh, I'll do it. (laughs) Who cares? I'll lick his foot if he tells me to, you know? I don't care. I want him. I love him, right? I don't care how graphic it is. I'll give him a sloppy wet kiss. Oh, heaven forbid we sing that in church, right? Oh, my gosh. The whole hell's going to freeze over if we sing sloppy wet kiss. What in the world? Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? This lady was crazy. Picture the scene, guys. Do you get it? There's a bunch of Pharisees sitting around a table and a crazy woman crying at his feet using her hair. What? You guys are like, well, maybe I'll lift my hands. 
Oh, I don't like that song. I don't care. We're not singing to you. Francis Chan says that. <laughs> he said that to one of his congregants, and the lady ended up leaving his church. <laughs> and he was like, that's all right. Right? I don't care. When did worship become about pleasing everybody else but him? What happened? Her worship was radical, dude. She didn't reach for a tissue. She said, where's his feet? <laughs> right? That's graphic, dude. That's really distracting at a dinner table. She didn't care. The king of kings was there in front of her. She said, this is the most costly thing I have, and I'm going to pour it and break it open before him. Right? And he didn't look at the, the, the flask. He didn't care about the flask. What he cared about was her faith and her posture. Are you getting this? I'll end with this. In 49 and 50, they started like being freaked out, right? The Pharisees were like, how can this guy, who is this guy that he can forgive sins, right? We just read it. So you guys should all be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Do we need to read it again so it refreshes your brain? Yeah, okay. Which is good. They should kind of feel a little bit weird when a guy says, hey, your sins are forgiven, right? If I went up to somebody in this room and said, all right, Christian, your sins are forgiven, you're all like, what egotistic maniac says this, right? And you should, right? Because who am I? <laughs> Definitely not Jesus, right? But what they didn't understand was that God, what they, sorry, let me say it this way. What they understood was God was the only one who could forgive sins. What they didn't understand that was God was in their midst, right? We understand that God is the only way, right? What we struggle with is when God's in our midst. And we're like, what? Huh? Oh, whoa. Huh? We're all confused. Like, oh my gosh, is he actually here? Or am I just emotional? Shut up and let him be here. Yes? Right? Sometimes we talk ourselves out of a move of God. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of faith and say, can he actually, can he actually get rid of mental illness? Can he actually, like, what's the big deal with that? You know, he can. He can and he will and he will do it again and he'll do it again. And that's the definition of testimony is that he will do it again. Did you know that? That's what testimony means. That's why they're worthy of being shared. Is because it says, just like Benji said, when he, when he says it, it's an encouragement of hope. Yes? That's what you said? Pretty much? Yeah. <laughs> it's an encouragement. Why? Because it's going to happen again. Yes? 
The Pharisees understood correct theology, but they didn't understand that the King of Kings was in the room. I want to encourage us as a community, as a place that's called Alabaster, saying, hey, it's all good that you know who God is, but we need to understand when he's in our midst. We have to, or else you're going to be a very, very frustrated individual in this room. <laughs> you will. You're going to be like, why are they still just like playing the same chords over and over and over again? Well, we're lingering. We're waiting for him to breathe. We're waiting for him to move, waiting to hear what he's having to say. We're waiting for that fragrance to hit my nose and for, for a taste to hit my lips, all of these kinds of things. Do you get the imagery. Sometimes we church our way out of a move of God. Well, what this is supposed to be is a bride in love with their groom. We're in a bridal covenant. Yes? You understand that? We're in a bridal covenant. He's the groom, we're the bride. Yes? Man, wouldn't it be sad? Wouldn't it be sad if you were at a wedding and as the bride was walking down the aisle, the groom got annoyed? Wouldn't that be sad? It'd be like super awkward. Right? Actually, let me say that differently. I, I mixed up the phrases. Sorry. Wouldn't it be weird if the bride got annoyed at the groom? That's the way it's supposed to be. Sorry, I mixed that up. Wouldn't that be weird? It'd be a super uncomfortable wedding, correct? Usually, when that takes place and it's a healthy relationship, <laughs> there's an emotion that takes place. There's a movement of like, oh my gosh, there he is. Right? It's at least how Madison felt. I can't speak for everybody. I'm just joking. Right? <laughs> Thank you for laughing. Right? There is this, there's this moment of just like, wow, that's my husband. Right? And some of you guys even think I'm radical for saying Jesus is my husband. He is. <laughs> sure, I know that's weird, weird language. But he is my husband. I'm his bride. My heart should be moved. He shouldn't inconvenience me ever. Correct? We need to grasp, grasp that Jesus, we need to grasp when Jesus is in our midst, when he's here, when Holy Spirit is doing something in the room, we need to grasp what he's doing. Let him breathe. Because what should take place is as we leave an environment like this, where we are fully aware of what the Lord's doing in the room, we should walk out that door and we should smell different than the way we came. Yes? You came in from a sinful week. So did I. You came in from a sinful, maybe even last couple hours before you walked in the door. We should leave differently because we just tasted forgiveness in the room. You get it? Yeah. 
when you walk out that door, there should be a definite aroma. We are the essence of the fragrance of Christ. There should be a difference about us. It shouldn't just be like, oh, cool, I went to church and it was great. Oh, the Lord healed a couple people. That's all. Cool. All right. Let's move on. What? How could you ever be the same? How could you ever be the same? You'd have to be a lunatic. Yes? Even if it didn't happen to you. (laughs) Even if you just witnessed it. Said, whoa, I just saw two people get healed today. I am different. I, I didn't think he did that anymore. I'm different. I'm going out there. I'm different. I'm walking in a different light. I'm looking at the world differently. Right? The moment you start seeing people in wheelchairs and you start seeing them differently, it's the moment you need to go up and talk to them. The moment you start seeing people limping and you're like, wow, man. Ah, oh, wow. I've got to go pray for them. Why? Because you just saw him as healer. Yes? You start seeing the world differently. And if we don't act on it, we just killed the level of faith that we, that we just, got to, in, just got to see in the room. You're killing it over your life. Right? Some of you guys are going to go maybe go grab a bite to eat after this. Maybe. Or you're going to go into your workplace tomorrow or your school place or whatever you guys do tomorrow. And you're going to see that person who's got the limp or who's, who's got the ailment or whatever it is. And you're going to see them differently. Why? Because you just encountered Jesus tonight. And you can't look at the world the same. You can't. You can't. At least I hope you can. Right? When I'm at work, it hasn't happened in a while, I'll be honest, but there was a time where this guy was telling me about his hurt arm and he, how he could only lift it to this point. And I, I, I was just painting his house. Not me personally, but I was managing the project, right? And he, he was telling me about how he couldn't lift his arm past this point. And I was literally showing up there to collect a check so that I could move on to the next project. And he started unloading this entire story to me. And I'm just like, all right, well, this is, this is weird. Why are you telling me all this? And then I paused. I said, I'm a Christian. And yeah, in all humility, I had to remind myself that I was a Christian. So the Holy Spirit prompted me. I prayed over him and then wham. And I'm not saying that, oh, cool, Lex, oh, yay. I don't care. We have to remind ourselves of who we are postured to. Because a lot of us are postured at different feet than Jesus's. And that's my encouragement today, is get at his feet. Get at his feet. It doesn't have to be emotional. It doesn't have to be this big old shebang like this, ladies. You'll get there. <laughs> don't rush it you'll get there but start somewhere get at his feet even if it's uncomfortable even if it's maybe a little bit weird get to his feet and honor him properly and I guarantee you will see the world differently yes you want that 
You do. You like the stuff, yes? Right? That's why we're Pentecostal, baby. Right? We like the stuff. Yes? You have to, because it's truth. It's the way they lived. We're the one who's taking the wind out of the sails. Right? Yes? Anybody here? Hello? Dude, Paul and Peter would just walk by people and they'd get healed. What? They'd throw sweaty handkerchiefs. Say, hey, take that over there. Wham, healing. And now we're just like, okay, God, I need to convince myself how to pray over this person so that they get healed. And then I need to just pile on and just sound more holy and shut up and just pray for the person. <laughs> Knee, be healed in Jesus' name. How did Jesus pray? How did Pharisees pray? Pharisees said, well, let me sound good. Jesus said, come out now. Jesus said, get up and walk. Pharisees got on the street corners in their purple robes and said, thus says the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would have your way and that I would just continue to talk so that I can convince myself of what I'm actually praying. Instead of Jesus's way, instead of Paul, Peter, right? I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, get up and walk. Do you get it? We're supposed to be crazy Pentecostal people who actually believe that the Holy Spirit does something here on this planet. Let's step up to the plate a little bit. Please. Some of you guys are like, I don't want it. That's okay. You will. You will. Once you see one, you'll get hooked. It's like a drug, man. So all that makes sense? I think that's all I've got. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you that you are a healing God, that you're near and that you care. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would invade the minds of the willing tonight. And that there would be a hunger and a thirst and that we would posture ourselves properly at your feet so that we could see you for who you truly, 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 truly are. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good? All right. See you next week.